Well, let's get started today. You ready? All right. I'm going to start a new series entitled Your Best Family. And I think that uh, many times we make the mistake of comparing our family to somebody else's family and saying, well, we should be more like them and we should be more like them. And it's always wonderful when we go, we don't need to be like them, right? That's, am I the only one that is demented that way? Um, but we're really talking about your best family. Certainly we can learn from other people, absolutely. But it's our family, it's our marriage, it's our children, it's the structure that we have. And how do we become the best that we can be? Obviously that is through God's word and God's spirit working in us. But today we're going to look at your best family, each family here today, and we're gonna do that for the next uh, several weeks. There's um, an occasional phone call that I get from my wife. Now, usually a phone call from Lisa starts off with, hey, honey, how are you doing? How's your day? What's going on? But there occasionally I get a phone call from Lisa that starts off, the engine light on my car is on. What do I do? Do I pull over right now? Should I pull over right now? What should I do? How do I handle this? When your engine light comes on, that means something's up. And it's usually not good. Something's happening that shouldn't be happening. Something that used to work is no longer working. And you need to pay attention. You need to find out what is happening and then find the remedy for it. And of course, being the wonderful mechanic and wonderful know-it-all man that I am when I get those phone calls and she says, my engine light's on, what should I do? I'm like, <laughs> call somebody? <laughs> I just did. I called you. We have to figure it out. Well, today we're going to be talking about alignment. When things aren't aligned, when they're not working the way they should work, they're the way they're supposed to work, things get out of alignment. And when things get out of alignment, things begin to break down. It's with a car, with your body. If you happen to go to a chiropractor, what's his job? Get an alignment. Let's get everything working right, getting an alignment. Even other doctors, obviously, are just a matter of getting things working correctly. And so today we're going to talk about alignment. King David had times in his life when he was very aligned with God. He was in great alignment, but then there were some other times when he was out of alignment with God. And that's when trouble happened on more than one occasion. But he wrote this in Psalm 18, 1 through 3. He said, I love you, Lord, my strength. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. That's a good word. David understood the value of proclamation. He said, the Lord is my strength. He's my rock. He's my shelter. He's my foundation. He made the declaration out of his mouth that would cause his life to align with God. We read in Deuteronomy chapter 30, the word says, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. Today we're talking about alignment, kind of an overview on this subject. Next week, just to give you a sneak preview, 
we're going to be talking about faithful sexuality, not simply in the context of marriage, but in the context of what does the Bible say about sexuality. I want to encourage all of the parents who have middle school and high school students, make sure they are here next week. It's going to be PG. We good with that? So make sure they're here because we're going to talk about some issues that they're dealing with. And I'm not saying you're not helping them deal with it, but I'm going to be your partner next week. Parents, you okay with that? I'm going to be your partner next week to help you with your children. Is that all right? If you want to know what I'm going to talk about, call me. Take me out to lunch. We'll deal with it. Families are wonderful. They are gifts from God. They are ordained of God. But families are a great teacher. They teach us about life. We see, we hear, we experience both the best and the worst in a family. And we find out who we really are when we get married, and especially when we have children. Uh, there was uh, several years ago, there was a study done by uh, Bernard Rimlin, director of the Institute for Child Behavior and Research. And what he did was he took the people in this study and he said, I want you to write down the names of 10 people who you're associated with, who you know, 10 people. And then he said, okay, I want you to put a mark by those who you would consider happy. And then he said, I want you to put a different mark by the ones who you would consider are unhappy. And then they went through a a little bit more of the study, and then they came back to the list, and he said, okay, now I want you to put a mark by those who you would consider to be unselfish and those who you would consider to be selfish. And the term of, or definition or description of selfishness was this, a stable tendency to devote one's time and resources to one's own interest and welfare, an unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for others. And he said it was amazing because, almost without exception, those who were considered happy were also the ones who were considered unselfish. And those who were unhappy were the ones marked selfish. And he brings that correlation between a happy person and an unselfish person. In 1869, a Swiss scientist discovered deoxyrobos nucleic acid, or DNA. But on this date, April 25th in 1953, there was an article published by Francis Crick and James Watson. It was entitled Molecular Structure of Nucleic Acids, in which they talked about the reality that our DNA is a store of information, and it is passed on to our children. So the information that you have, both through, obviously, learning, through experience, through research, all the things, all the ways that you learn and all that you have learned is stored in your DNA, and it is transitioned to your children through DNA. It's a remarkable, remarkable finding. Dr. Caroline Leaf reiterates this in her book, Retrain Your Brain in which she understands that concept of or truth and reality of DNA and how it's transitioned into our children. And she says that that DNA is what causes us to grow as a society, to grow as families, to grow as people. And yet there can be and is negative issues that are also transitioned through DNA. 
It's not just the positive stuff of our life that gets transitioned, but also the negative, such as addictive behaviors. We find in the reality of those who have grandparents who are maybe addictive, alcoholics, and then parents are alcoholics, they have a tendency themselves to become alcoholics. There's a tendency there toward addictive behavior. And with the list could go on and on. So it's both positive and both negative. But Dr. Caroline Leaf in her book, Retrain Your Brain, realizes and comes to find through her research that just because an addictive behavior is in your DNA, that does not mean that you have to become an addict. You do not have to tap in to that aspect of your DNA. You can train your brain, but she says even if you tap into that and are going down the road toward an addict or even are an addict, you can retrain your brain and be free from that addictive behavior. We're talking about alignment today. And I wonder how many of us today finding ourselves out of alignment because of tapping into something that we weren't supposed to tap into. Isn't that what we train our children? Hey, be careful what you do. Be careful who you hang with. Be careful what you experiment with because you could be tapping into something that could take you out of alignment from blessing, out of alignment even from the family. Be careful what you do. Some in our society are trying their absolute best to find all the reasons they can possibly find so that they can have an excuse for a lack of achievement. It's called intersectionality. You may have heard of it. I looked up the definition to this word, which I've just discovered in the past year. Intersectionality is such a wonderful word. But its definition, according to the internet, which is all true, intersectionality is an analytical framework for understanding how aspects of a person's social and political identities combine to create a different mode of discrimination and privilege. Wow. How you identify politically, how you identify socially determines whether you're discriminated against or you're in the classification of privilege. That's interesting. People today are finding all of the ways why they can't or shouldn't be forced to succeed or expected to achieve. They're coming up with things like, well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that, therefore I cannot succeed. They're trying to pile on, if you will, all the negative. I would share with you today that that is a lie from the enemy. God has not called us to fail. He's called us to succeed. God's not called us to find all the ways why we can't. He's saying, look to me. I'm the one reason you need why you can. And so as the body of Christ, we come and we say, God, no matter how the cards are stacked against me, no matter what society thinks about me, I'm a child of God and I'm an overcomer through Jesus Christ. And that changes everything. There's a way to get out of the negative 
to get out of misalignment and into alignment. Jesus said you must be born again. There is a process by which we come into the body of Christ. Jesus said it's like being born again. It's like having a brand new birth. And the good part of this is that when you're born again, you get a new DNA. It's called the divine nature of the Almighty. That's what you get when you're born again. And so therefore, you are not stuck with the old DNA. You've got a new DNA that comes from God. And he wants you to tap into that new DNA so that you stay in alignment in relationship with him. Now, we still have our old DNA, right? Or I just do. I have to battle those things. We have our old DNA that if we want to tap into that, we can. But what happens is we start drifting out of alignment from the new DNA. But I would submit to us today, how many of you would be in agreement? We need to stop tapping into the negative DNA that we were born with years ago and tap into the new DNA that we received when we were born again. That's the call of God on our lives. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5 says, The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Some translations would say they're not carnal. But on the contrary, they have divine power. They don't have earthly power. They have divine power. God is telling us the weapons that we use are not of this world. We don't argue. We, we, don't, we don't come and say, oh, poor, poor, pitiful me. We don't say, oh, there's no way I can succeed. The weapons that we have, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the body of Christ, those weapons have divine power. What are those powers for? To demolish strongholds. Addiction is a stronghold. Pornography is a stronghold. Gossip is a stronghold. Arguing and fighting and constant drama in the family is a stronghold that may have been the way you were raised and the way your parents were raised. There were, there were outbursts of anger and fighting. Those are strongholds. And he says, I'm here to break those. I've given you divine power to break those strongholds. The, the weapons that we have demolish arguments in every pretension. You know, you don't have to demolish an argument with an argument. You can just do it with a calm truth. It's not the argument that sets you free. It's the truth that sets you free. It is not how loud you debate. It is the truth in the debate that sets you free. It's the truth. What is the truth? The Word says His Word is truth. Today, people don't want to solve problems with truth. They want to solve, they want to solve problems with a discussion. Well, let's talk about it. If we just can't get together and talk about it, say, so, well, what are we going to talk about, truth or untruth? You tracking with me? Are we just going to talk about the problems? Are we just going to talk about why people aren't succeeding? Are we going to talk about why people are out of alignment? Or are we going to deal with the truth that gets us back in alignment? The truth gets us back on track. The truth causes us to be in alignment with God. The truth will set your family free. Yeah, but my husband's not listening. I, I, I mean, someone in my family isn't listening. <laughs> 
You keep giving truth, and eventually truth, just like light, dispels the darkness. You keep giving truth, you keep living truth, you keep standing on truth. That's why David kept going back to the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my power. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is. He is the truth that I've got to constantly hold on to. With all the shifts in the kingdom that David was over, with all the problems in his family, all of the difficulties, he kept coming back to center and saying, the Lord is my strength. That's what we've got to do. Say, I have a child that's not listening. You keep loving them with truth. Don't amp up the drama. Push the drama down with truth. Settle the issue with truth. Stand on it. Stand on it. Stand on it. And you'll come back into alignment with blessings. That's the weapons that we have. They demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Every thought. Every thought that tries to tap into that old DNA, we say, nope, nope, not going to do that. I'm tapping into my new DNA. I'm tapping into the very nature that God's given me, and that's going to cause me to be in alignment with Him. You know, sometimes, though, when you're in alignment with God, you're out of alignment with the world. There's Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to agree with you. When you speak truth to people, when you speak truth, not everyone's going to come into agreement with it. Not everybody's going to say, yeah, that's good. No, sometimes they're going to say, what are you talking about? We're going to deal with some of those issues next week. When you speak truth, not everybody's going to like it. But I ask a question, who are you most trying to please, God or the people that live next door? Then in five years when they move away, you're never going to see them again. Hello? You okay? Okay? You're not going to see him again. But God is the one we answer to. So God, help us to be in alignment with your word. Amen? Intersectionality. For the Christian begins with Galatians chapter 3. Intersectionality for the Christian. You're going to love where we're getting ready to go right now. And in just a few moments, we're going to have a time of prayer. And I believe some people are going to get set free today because you're going to be in alignment with God. Amen? Intersectionality for the Christian starts at Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 29. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children through faith. In Christ Jesus, you are all children through faith. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're tall or short or you speak Spanish or Mandarin or English. It doesn't matter if your skin's brown or your skin's white. It doesn't matter in Christ, you're a child of God. And he goes on and he says, For all who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen? He's saying if you're in Christ, you are receptive to the promises of God. You are a candidate to receive the promises of God. Now let's look at what these promises are in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And after this, we're going we're gonna to have a time of prayer. We're going to have a time of celebration declaring God is our cornerstone. This is what Deuteronomy 28 says about you. I know this is Old Testament and it's written to Israel. 
But remember what we just read in Galatians 3. If we're Christians, we've been grafted into that vine called Israel. So all the blessings that God proclaimed on Israel are now ours because we've been grafted in. So here's what Deuteronomy 28 says. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, all these blessings will come to you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. Everybody say blessing. Amen. You will be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the country. Well, I can't be blessed because I live in the inner city. The word says if you're in Christ, you'll be blessed in the city. Okay. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. No matter whether I'm coming in or whether I'm going out, I'm going to be blessed. You'll be blessed the Lord will grant you that your enemies will rise up against you and they will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and they will flee from you in seven. Somebody say, well, I, I can't be blessed. I can't overcome. I can't accomplish because I got all these people against me. The word says they will come at you and God will defeat them and they will leave in seven different directions. Now, that's what God's word says. So it doesn't matter about your neighbor, your cousin, your uncle, your nephew. None of that matters. God's blessing is on you when you're in Christ. The Lord will send a blessing on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. And if he's given you the land of Jackson County, he's going to bless you in Jackson County. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. And if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. What kind of prosperity? Abundant prosperity. What kind of prosperity? Abundant prosperity. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. Whatever your hand is doing, whether you are an automobile mechanic or you work on computers or you sell cars or you plow the ground, whatever you do, God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pour out my goodness on you. And whatever your hand does, there's going to be a blessing on that. And so that's the promises of God that he gives us. He's saying it's a matter of walking in alignment with God. Perfect? No. Alignment? Yes. So we walk in alignment. My question to you today is are you in alignment with God? You're a candidate to be in alignment with God because you're in this place right now hearing what God's word says. In Christ, you have come into an alignment with him. But even though you're a Christian, through our actions and behavior, our relationships can start to go out of alignment. You're still a Christian. You still love Jesus. You're still in the family. And yet, because of your thought processes, because of your behaviors, because of who you're following, you can fall out of alignment. It's like your children. Your children are your children, right? But if they start doing weird stuff, they fall out of alignment with your relationship. And you want to bless them, right? And you will still bless them because they're your children. And yet they, because of their, their alignment is out of whack, they're missing out on your blessings because they're not there to receive your blessings. They're not there to receive them. 
And so they're missing out. Just as you and I can be a child of God, and yet we can get out of alignment with him. What God's calling us to say, I need you back in alignment so I can pour out my blessing on you. I need you back into alignment. How do you get back into alignment with God? It comes through repentance. That has little to do with great sorrow. I think we should be sorry for our sin, but repentance says there's going to be a change. I'm making a change. It, it, it shows twofold. It's like I'm going in this direction. Repentance says I'm turning and I'm going in another direction. You can describe it like this. It's kind of like when we're out of alignment with God, our heart and our head, where we think and what we feel, are more toward the earth, more toward worldly stuff, and our feet are like kicking up toward God. God says, repent. It's like turning us right side up, where our feet are established on the ground. This worldly system is under us, and our head and our heart are closer to God. That's repentance. And it's a matter of saying, hey, God, um, I want my finances to come back into alignment with you. I want my words to come back in alignment with you. I want the thoughts of my heart to come back in alignment with you. God, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to end this because I want to come back into alignment. I'm going to start reading your word, praying. I'm going to seek you like never before. God, I'm coming back into an alignment with you. And Lord, I'm expecting you to do what you said you're going to do. Bless me. When I go out, when I come in, whether I'm in the city or the country, whatever my hand is doing, you're going to bless me. How many of you are ready to come back into alignment with God? Amen? I'm not, I'm not saying all of us are out of alignment with God, but I can tell you as your pastor, there are some aspects of my life that aren't quite in alignment with God, and I'm constantly working on that. God, I want to get back into alignment with you. Amen? My, my father's parents had a temper that went from zero to 100 in like half a second. Both of his parents. My father, it took several seconds to get there. <laughs> of course, I'm perfect. <laughs> but don't ask my wife about that anger issue when I, we were younger. Okay? There are issues in our lives where we're trying to, we're saying, God, I want to come back in alignment with you. This world has a way, but God says, I have a way. I want you in alignment with me so I can pour out blessing on you. Amen? We're saying, God, I recognize the fact my thoughts, my emotions, how I treat people. Maybe it is an anger issue. Maybe, maybe it's just a, a, a real quick temper. Maybe it's your thought process that stray. And you say, I'm thinking about things I don't need to think about. Those are, those are sinful things. Those are wrong things. Maybe it's actual behavior. Maybe it's how you're, you're leading your family or a lack of leading your family. Your children need you. Your children need parents who are saying, we're going to be the leader. We're, we're going to take this on. Your best family does not need a 12-year-old leading it. You're the parents. Lead, and they'll follow, and they'll be blessed. Just like the father is our father, we are his children we're not the leaders of God. God is the leader of us. Amen? Amen. How many of you say, you know what? There's something in my life. I need to get realigned. I need to come back. And I need to get where God and I are in alignment. Maybe you say the check engine light. I've been noticing this check engine light flashing on my dash. I've seen it. I don't know if I want to deal with it. 
It might be a big thing. It might be a little thing, but I'll just put a piece of duct tape over that so I don't have to see it. But maybe today, God's pulled that duct tape off and you see it again. It's still there. The out of alignment issue is still there. You can't just cover it up. We got to come back into alignment. Aren't you thankful, though, that we have a God, our Father, who says, man, if you'll just come to me and, and just make some effort toward repentance, I'm there. I'm there. You don't have to come and beg God and jump through hoops. He's there. And he's saying, yes, that's what I want. Now you're in the position to receive more of my blessings. Amen. How many of you would say today, there's something in my life I need to get in alignment. And I'm going to do it right now. Let's pray together.